Welcome to this episode of Rewired Podcast. I'm Bailey. And I'm Kelly. And now we're into the second episode of our number five series. So today we're going to talk about season two, episode five, Undertow. Undertow. And so sort of just a backgrounder of this episode, it's basically the one where the details kind of come together and the Frank Sabatka investigation starts to link to the dead women in the can. Right, and so everything's kind of coming together and we see the detail really reunite. Right, and one of the reasons why we wanted to focus on the episode fives of each season is because sort of the way that David Simon has structured each season is that episode five is where sort of that slow burn intro really ignites into the big story. Yeah, like the inciting action for the season. Exactly. So, um, there's a couple of main themes that we can talk about that are drawn from literary... uh, Tradition. Motif, yeah. So, certainly, this episode is very much about renewal and reunion. Yes. Well, reunion for sure with the detail. Yeah. And so some of that looks like Carver being allowed to come back to the detail, um, despite having crossed Daniels in the past. And Freeman gets detailed. Freeman gets detailed as well. And, uh, and then, of course, the actual reunion of the detail, as you said. They, they really come back together. And there's a couple of interesting comments about that. Um, for example, when Freeman comes in, he says, you know... You lack for personal growth to the other folks on the detail. Right. And Carver says, same as it ever was. Yeah. Um, something else uh, that said is, same fuck up, same shit detail, working out of the same shit house kind of office. Uh-huh. So there we go. Uh, the team is reunited. So what's really kind of interesting about season two, episode five, is that there's a moment when McNulty's on the boat and he's tying up the boat and he doesn't know what he's doing at all because he never knows what he's doing. And uh, the other person asks, what kind of knot is that? And he says... Oh, is it Bubbles? Yeah, so actually, speaking of reunion, Bubbles and McNulty have reunited in order to find Omar. Yeah. Yeah. So he says, what kind of knot is that? And then McNulty says, Baltimore knot, never the same thing twice. Yeah. So that kind of invites this idea of reiteration. Reiteration. And, of course, one of the major themes of season two is gentrification and what's happening to the stevedores on the dock and the future of, of course, the docks. Right, because the grain pier is kind of slated to get overhauled into condos. Mm-hmm. So this sort of takes us to this idea of renewal. And I think one of the questions that it starts to pose for us is, is renewal actually a good thing? And maybe even expanding on that, is reunion a good thing? So to the point of, maybe it was Freeman when he said, same fuck-ups working for the same shit detail in yeah. the same office. Um, is it good for them to have come back together? So, and all of that leads me to this idea of the palimpsest, which is kind of a literary technique and then a literary tradition. And the way that it originated was texts in kind of medieval times that would get scraped clean of the ink and then rewritten over. Mm. So it's this kind of idea of putting something new onto something old, 
but inevitably the old would bleed through. Uh-huh. And so I think we see that in this episode where in season two, everyone kind of gets this fresh start. Everyone's on a different detail than they started. But as the folks kind of reunite in the detail office, we see kind of this bleed through of the season one structure. Mm-hmm. So you can see that too in a lot of actually just like visually um, in the shots around Baltimore, you kind of see these ghost signs painted on the sides of buildings that have then been painted over. That is completely palimpsest. Yes. And so I think David Simon is pulling on that visually as well as um, metaphorically. Yeah, 100%. Agree. So one of the examples of that, I think, is the conversation that, that Daniels and Carver actually have when Daniels asks Carver to come back to the detail. And Carver says, why do you want me after what happened last time? Yeah. And that's when Daniels says, well, I assume you're not going to be so stupid as to cross me twice. Right. So that's a good kind of example of uh, reiteration with change of some kind, but uh, a reference back to the original, which is what Palimpsest is all about. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a sort of post-structuralist theory, and we've talked about that in The Wire before, with Foucault and with this idea of um, eliminating authorial intent. And so I think it's fair to kind of apply another post-structural theory. Right. And sorry, can you just remind me, and perhaps our listeners, what post-structuralism means? So post-structuralism is kind of a way of thinking about literature that um, destabilizes truths. And truths are not hard and fast, and so everything is kind of references something else outside of itself. Mm, Okay. So another definitely example of reunion, but I think the palimpsest um, example is D'Angelo in jail and Stringer is now with Darnett and he's encouraging Darnett to go and promise D'Angelo a future and a family. Um, He's telling Avon, you know, we need to put something in Dee's name, maybe some real estate, show him that he's going to be clean when he gets out. Yeah. But D'Angelo knows that this is this is all a game and he tells Darnett they're playing you with this we family well and what's interesting about that about the you'll have property in your name was that in season one there was this whole idea of Avon's name isn't on anything Mm -hmm. it's Orlando's name and then we're gonna put D'Angelo's name on some property and like Mm -hmm. that is a very literal kind of textual kind of writing the ink on the page which is mm-hmm. what the palimpsest is all about right exactly um i'll read a quote this is uh we'll put the link in our show notes but it's about what the palimpsest is once you apply it metaphorically as opposed to literally scraping off text so it says the nature of the palimpsest is twofold it preserves the distinctness of individual texts while exposing the contamination of one by the other And so if we think about each season as its own text and kind of scrape off season one and start fresh at season two, there's your next individual text, but it's contaminated by season one, all of this kind of bleed through. And I think we see that when Elena is the realtor for Nick. Mm, Yes. Yeah. So we've never really seen anything or know anything about Elena up until this point. And then Nick and his girlfriend are going, Amy, they're going to go and they're going to buy this house because Nick thinks he has enough money now. 
And um, so again, to the point of putting his name on paper and buying property. Good point. I didn't though, think about that. Yeah. yeah even though his, his, his money is not clean by any chance. No. Um, but yeah, he walks in and, and basically Elena is the realtor in this op- open house. Yeah. And it's kind of similar to when all of a sudden we see Carver is the cop who's ticketing all the stevedores. Yes. And we haven't seen him all along. And then he's kind of writing papers again, ticket, like write the ink on the page. Mm-hmm. And it's a bleed through of season one because there's Carver who we haven't seen yet. And there's the role reversal. So when they talk about buying hand-to-hands down at the port, Herc makes the point that a lot of these guys are white. So he is the one that has to be undercover. Yeah. And it's Kima and Carver on rooftops. Yeah, so that is kind of a um, figurative scraping off of the original and then apply the new on top of it. Mm Mm-hmm. So one of the other examples I think that comes up um, is when... Stringer's in his business class, and they he stays after, and this is another thing, we didn't know that Stringer was even in this class, and then all of a sudden, he, right. here he is talking to a teacher, and he's saying, um, what do you do when you have an inferior product, but... A saturated market. Exactly. Right. And the business instructor says something like, well, you rebrand or something along yeah. those lines. He says, look to the case study of WorldCom. Yes. Who, same thing, rebranded. And so then Stringer decides he's going to put that lesson onto all the corner boys. Yeah, exactly. So let's watch that scene. Yeah. Y'all heard of WorldCom? All right, let's try this. Y'all get jackpots and knuckles, but y'all clean. Y'all got an outstanding warrant like everybody in here. And what do you do? What do you do? Give another name. Why? <clears throat> because your real name ain't no good. All right, it ain't good, and follow through. All right, death grip ain't shit. You change up the name. What else? Yo, I got it. Change the caps from red to blue, right? Make it look like we got some fresh shit, boo. And you know what else we might could do? Give each tower its own name, right? And then we do like some some fake competing. So a fiend gets some bad shit from one, he go back to the other. And there's a thinking man right there. See, nigga, ain't that what the fuck I just said? Okay, so in that scene, we can definitely hear, so Bodie and Poot um, are doing things like suggesting the fake competing between the towers and giving the new names, giving the new gel caps, different tops, and acting like they have new product even though they don't. Right, and so one reference to the palimpsest says it's any surface onto which new superimposes itself onto the old. And so that is like definitely what they're doing with their drugs. Mm Mm-hmm. That also makes me think about actually, to back to Elena and Nick, um, Nick is shocked when he sees the price of who is his Aunt Treasy's house, is what he says. Yeah. So he goes into to the house, which is where there's the open house, and tells Elena this is his Aunt Treasy's. Um, anyway, Amy is the one who sees the price of the house, and she asks, is that the price? And then Nick says, well, they're not going to get that. They're not going to get that. And she says, oh, the one down the block sold for four ninety. Yeah. So this idea of renewal and palimpsest 
reiterates that the stevedores are struggling and their city is leaving them behind. And I think this is like what we see through the rest of the season, uh, kind of like through Frank Sabaka's eyes. Yes. Like the grain pier. Yeah. And even um, like the robot, I know it's not episode five, but the robots coming in to like do the job of the stevedores is kind of the new superimposing itself onto the old. Yeah. So what might the idea of renewal or rebirth kind of symbolize in other literature? Or is this an example or a theme that we see in other literature? Um, well, I think we definitely see it. Does anything come to mind for you? Well, one of the things that comes to mind for me is Carl Jung, who we've also talked about in the past. and his... He was the mind behind kind of shapeshifter, trickster fool. Yes, exactly. And so another archetype that he does discuss is um, the processes of death and resurrection as an archetype. Oh. And so, and as a character sort of creation or whatever. And I think one that, and when we think about sort of the idea of season two and definitely this idea of the death of the ports, the death of the American dream, the death of the Rust Belt, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, David Simon's that idea of this, resurgence or rebirth or renewal um, and what that could mean. Um, we've talked how there's some sort of biblical allusions in The Wire. Certainly the idea of death and rebirth is biblical to the point of Jesus and resurrection. Yes. yes. Um, it also uh, comes up in Greek mythology, which again is a huge inspiration for David Simon. Well, and I'll just interrupt you briefly <laughs> to say that one of the most famous literal palimpsest examples is uh, kind of Anglo-Christian text over top of Greek text for oh, the Bible. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. interesting. Um, so in Greek mythology, there is Dionysus. Dionysus? Dionysus, yes. Um, son of Zeus, who was torn to pieces um, by titans who had lured him with toys or whatever. Um, they then boiled and ate him. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so Zeus then destroyed the Titans with a thunderbolt. Um, and then the ashes of the humans were formed from the thunderbolt, the Titans. Then. Um, but how do you say it? Dionysus? Dionysus. Dionysus's mother, or sorry, grandmother Rhea, Rhea um, managed to put some of his pieces back together principally from his heart that was spared. Oh. And, uh, and then brought him back to life. That's very much the narrative of the detail. Uh-huh. So like getting all the pieces put back together. Right, exactly. And so, uh, well, and even later in the season, this isn't so much in episode five, but later in the season when even McNulty is brought back to the, to the detail, who you might argue is the heart of the detail. Yeah, fair enough. Heart of the detail, yeah. Another mythical, mythical, I guess, or mythological, mythological. <laughs> mythological. Yeah, example is uh, the Egyptian story of Osiris. What's Osiris all about? So Osiris was the god of fertility, alcohol, agriculture, the afterlife, death, resurrection, and life. Um, so even the story of like the phoenix, right? Rise, rise from the ashes. From the ashes. Yeah. And maybe the question is here, does Baltimore rise from the ashes? 
do the corner kids rise from I the mean, ashes? I feel like the answer is no. But, I mean, that's what's kind of interesting about the palimpsest, right? Is that it's, it is a, re- a renewal in a way, but it's a corrupted renewal. Because the original bleeds through. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is kind of um, subverting the traditional hopeful narrative of renewal. Right. It is a more um, realistic or like kind of a cynical type of rebirth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so in the case of Osiris being the god of agriculture, it's definitely about hopeful renewal, right? Yeah. That, that things, vegetation, whatever, it dies in the winter, but then rises again in the spring, um, but without the corruption. So I guess going back to the Baltimore knot, which is never the same thing twice. Um, um, sorry. Oh, no. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just wanted to read uh, this brief passage which is about the palimpsest and this idea of like reiteration and change. Uh, So one uh, passage from this book Double Vision which is about uh, palimpsest in a lot of ways says his final acts as a writer asking his devotees to write letters for another volume of Grandison which he unsurprisingly planned to edit correcting extant texts and extracting therefrom, and gathering, censoring, editing his correspondence for publication. Find him reworking his oeuvre almost obsessively, overwriting his entire corpus to give the material some final authoritative shape for the sake of posterity. And so, like, if we wanted to apply that to McNulty, the different not every time is kind of this rewriting, in a way, Mm. which is what the palimpsest is. And it's interesting because McNulty despite having his not never do the same thing twice, he almost consistently does the same thing over and over and over. Well, and he doesn't care is kind of the irony of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Oh, and actually, just one other thing um, that's kind of... Well, I guess this isn't actually palimpsest, but thinking about how McNulty does the charting of the maps and sends it over to... Uh, the port authority to prove that it had happened on the Baltimore City City side side of the bridge. Um, The tracing over of that. Yes, tracing over is a really good example. And then the thing that that brought to mind for me was the whiteboard where they write all the names. And then there's kind of this erasing and rewriting over and over again as a matter of being a homicide division, right? Like they constantly have to erase a name, put a new one over top of it. Mm -hmm. Which is like reiteration and not a very hopeful one about murders in Baltimore City. Right. Well, this is really interesting. I've never heard the term palimpsest before, so I learned something. Well, I'm glad you learned something, and it's interesting to kind of think about because we'll see this again over each season as more characters are introduced. They're layered over top of the original, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of that um, mosaic of text, which is the idea of a palimpsest. And it's interesting just thinking about having read the Jonathan Abrams book On the Wire. All the pieces matter. Yeah, learning how um, the wire really was created as individual seasons because they never knew if they were going to get renewed. Well, and we've touched on this before, but that was kind of the Dickens model, right? Like serializing Mm -hmm. because you could only print one chapter at a time and you might not get your next one printed. Each one sort of has a beginning and an end unto itself. Well, thanks, Kel. 
Okay, well, thank you. And we'll be back soon with our following episode in this series, which will be season three, episode Episode five. five. So we'll catch you next time. And thank you, everyone, for participating in our polls. It's so great to hear from everyone. And we'll see you way Way down down in the the hole. hole.